Welcome once more to Westminster Theological Seminary's podcasts on church history. We've reached the latter half of the 4th century AD. Things have changed dramatically for the Christian religion. No longer is it a religio illicita, an illegal religion. Not only is it now a legal religion, a religio licita, it has become the official religion of the Roman Empire. But the church continued to be beset with controversies, mainly surrounding the person of Christ. Was he truly and fully God? As the Father is God? And the person of the Holy Spirit? How are we to understand the relationship of the Holy Spirit to the Father and to the Son? Into this situation, the Lord raised up three men, a band of brothers, who have been known throughout history as the Cappadocian Fathers. There was first of all Basil the Great, who was Bishop of Caesarea, his younger brother Gregory, uh, Bishop of Nyssa, and their close friend Gregory of Nazianzus, who became later Patriarch of Constantinople. And this band of brothers were great stalwart defenders and explicators of Christology and the doctrine of the Trinity. They understood well the teaching of the Bible. They understood well what the Bible's teaching not only on the person of Christ was and the three persons of the Godhead, but how that relates to our salvation. They not only affirmed and buttressed the teaching of the Council of Nicaea in 325 concerning the deity of Christ, they also buttressed and clarified the deity of the Holy Spirit. And this truth became encapsulated and clarified for the Church in the Second Great Ecumenical Council of Constantinople in the year 381. These men contended vigorously for the faith. During the latter half of the fourth century, um, Arianism became somewhat resurgent and there were times when it seemed as though the heresy of Arianism would overwhelm the Christian church. But Basil and the two Gregories stood firmly and faithfully for the truth concerning the deity of Christ and the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, equally divine, equally to be worshipped, equally to be adored, equally to be loved and served, and equally to be honoured as God. Gregory's most famous contribution to the history of the Church um, are his five theological orations, 
and Basil and his younger brother Gregory also contributed to the literature of the church in two significant works, On the Holy Spirit and another entitled On Not Three Gods. The great contribution of these Cappadocian fathers was to help enshrine in the creedal affirmation of the church that God is one in essence, but three in person. They picked up on a phrase that originated in Tertullian uh, over a century and a half before, una substantia tres personae, one substance, three persons. And as I said, this teaching was um, enshrined and embraced at the Council of Constantinople in 381. And perhaps this would be a good place to pause for a moment and reflect on a word that while it did not appear in the Council of Constantinople in terms of the Church's explication of the doctrine of the Trinity, came to be profoundly significant from this point on in the Church's understanding of the relationship of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's the word perichoresis. It literally means uh, a mutual indwelling. The equivalent Latin term is kirkum incessio, um, co-inherence. And the word appears actually uh, in the writings of Gregory Nazianzus, not in relation to the persons of the Trinity, but to the person of Jesus Christ, the relationship of his divine and human natures. But this has become a word that wonderfully has helped the church to understand the profound mystery of God. God is unfathomable, but in his word he has revealed himself. He desires us to know him. Jesus said this is eternal life, that we might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And perhaps especially in the Gospel of John, we, we see the relationship of Father, Son and Holy Spirit um, set before us by the Lord Jesus Christ significantly. On the night in which he would be betrayed, he teaches his disciples. And what does he teach them? He teaches them the profound truth of the Holy Trinity, that he is in the Father and the Father is in him, and that he and the Father by the Spirit will come to indwell the lives of his people. John Calvin, much later in the uh, 16th century, uh, writes in the first book of the Institutes, uh, these words, he says, uh, these, these words of Gregory vastly delight me. And whenever Calvin speaks about being vastly delighted, you want to pause and think, what is it that Calvin is vastly delighted with? And he's quoting some words of Gregory from his baptismal oration 40, uh, section 41, I think, where Gregory says, in effect, uh, as he is teaching and preparing a young man for baptism, he says, when I think of the three, I must think of the one. But when I think of the one, 
I must think of the three. They are one undivided torch. And so Gregory continues, when my mind and heart begin to ponder who this God is, my mind is overwhelmed, tears fill my eyes, and I turn aside to worship. It's the Cappadocian fathers that help the church in the latter half of the fourth century to affirm what the Bible unequivocally affirms, that the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are one God and yet three persons. Not three gods, but one God, three persons. This is the mystery of the Trinity. In recent times, you may have heard it said that um, this word perichoresis has the idea of uh, dancing around. Well, actually, that's a confusion of words. Um, the word perichoresis does not mean a circle dance. Um, there are two Greek words there, very similar to one another. There's perichoreo, which means to go around. And there's perichoreo, which means to dance around. Um, the Latin and the Greek fathers never use perichoreo, dance around. They always used uh, the verb, which means to go around, to co-inhere. Um, it's not helpful to think of the Holy Trinity uh, in a circle dance. Rather, the word expresses the profundity, the mystery, the coherence of the three persons of the Godhead. And so it is to these Cappadocian fathers, Basil and the two Gregories, that the church owes an immense debt. As I've said before, the early church fathers got some things very, very wrong, but they got some things very, very right. And their adoration of who God is, is something that should speak challengingly to the church in the 21st century.